Hi, I'm Katie Allen, founder and owner of Beautiful Wands in Dallas, Georgia. I'm today's guest announcer. You can find me on Instagram at Beautiful Wands. Cue the music. In an industry where most of us spend the majority of our time working alone in a room, this podcast was created so you could learn, be encouraged, and find a connection with other lash and beauty professionals. This is the Lash Cast Podcast, and here's your host, Paul Loopers. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. First, I want to say thank you to Katie Allen of Beautiful Wands for being our guest announcer. You can find her on Instagram at Beautiful Wands. Let me spell that. It's a little creative. B-E-Y-O-U-T-I-F-U-L-W-A-N-D-Z. So it's B-U, like B-U, not beautiful, like normal. And then uh, full wands. So, am really cool. Thank you, Katie, for doing that for us. And today we're excited because we have some fellow friends that we meant to have on our podcast earlier in the year and just... Well, COVID happened, right? So we didn't get him on, but we finally did. Actually had him coming in the studio. We all social distanced, didn't touch each other or anything, had our mask on, and it was our first interview ever where we wore masks, and I don't think it impeded the speech too much. I think it came out quite fine. But anyhow, Melissa and Royal Ellis from Spa Strong were super grateful to have them come out to us, hang out with us for an hour, and then we're going to be on their episode. So it's one of these things where you can catch both sides of the story, hear us on their episode, and you can hear them on this episode. And today what we do is we really talk about a bunch of things, but the biggest part is we go through a book that Melissa wrote, uh, I think a couple years ago, a year or two ago, called Boundaries and Aesthetics. And it's a great book that goes through a lot of great information that you guys will need to go get the book and you can get more of it. But we'll go over some of the big ideas, some of the things I found interesting in the book. And it's it's something that you guys can get done in a day or so. It's not a book you're going to need to spend a week or two reading. Uh, Melissa made it very simple, basic, straightforward type stuff that you can get and digest and implement into your life. So that's what's coming up. But real quick, one announcement, guys, for you. And that is we have our next class coming up in just a couple weeks on August 24th, how to get more new clients in ever your door before or something like that. <laughs> what are I don't remember exactly, but anyhow, I worded it kind of awkward. But that said, this course is going to teach you our playbook on how we built our salon during the Great Recession. So as you probably noticed, things aren't going so well. The economy is slowing down and there will be effects that we have to deal with. So one of the things that you can do, prepare yourself. So if things begin to slow down is having options on how you can build your salon. And it's not all about Instagram. I know a lot of people say it is, but truth is there are better tools and resources that will get you booked more quickly. So we're going to go through a lot of great stuff, a lot of great content. So go ahead to the link in the bio in our Instagram and sign up today. And that's all I have for announcements. So let's get into our episode with Royal and Melissa talking about boundaries and aesthetics. Hey guys, we are here live in the Lashcast studios. I'm excited to have Melissa and um, Royal with us from Spa Strong. We actually met them earlier in the year and we had planned to do this podcast with them a long time ago, but unfortunately, um, COVID-19 showed up and changed everything. But that all said, guys, we're super excited. We finally do it with our mask on, social distancing. Welcome to Lashcast Podcast. Hey. Thank you. We're happy to be here. Yeah, we are super excited. And we're going to be doing this both ways. So after this, we're going to be on your episode. So you guys, if you want to get the full story, um, you can listen to us on our podcast and then jump over to their podcast because they also have one. And they are also a coaching company and they got a lot going on. And we'll, we'll get into that and have them kind of explain. But thank you guys for taking some time in the midst of the pandemic to hang out with us here in Pasadena. Well, let's get started because obviously some of our listeners may not know who you are and I think they really should because you guys are really trying to help not just lash professionals, but you're trying to help the, the whole spa and the aesthetics world, right? So maybe you guys can tell us a little bit about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah. So I'm a licensed master esthetician. I've been licensed since 2012 and I started teaching and coaching in 2014. I also had a solo spa studio where I specialized in lashes and chemical peels and I love it. It's wonderful, but I really love teaching and coaching. That's my stronger passion for sure. And then my husband, Royal. So I'm a police officer. 
Yeah, city. which makes total sense that you're here helping out with it. Absolutely. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bring some order to the world. I know. <laughs> Get everything under control. Yeah, that's true. We could use that right now. But yeah. <laughs> and um, so for the city of L.A., and um, I've been a police officer for five years. And about a year and a half ago, we were both injured at home. And we looked at each other and was like, how can we stay together at home forever and doing something that we love and we're passionate about and so together we formed spa strong where we're taking my background in the aesthetics and spa and beauty industry and combining it with his knowledge as a police officer with confidence and working with the public and setting boundaries and being the authority and using that to help coach and educate people within the beauty industry because there's so much out there about marketing and sales, which don't get me wrong, we teach that as well. Yeah. But there's also this trend, I guess, in the aesthetics industry, especially among solo beauty practitioners, that they're kind of allow themselves to be pushovers and they don't have strong boundaries with their clients and their prices get negotiated and all of those kinds of things. And that's something that I experienced in the early days of my studio. And um, we just feel like, hey, somebody needs to be talking about this. So that is what we do. We help with many, many aspects of growing your aesthetics business. And, you know, we say we're here to help you keep your confidence and your profits high within your beauty business, which that's important. You got to make money, but you also got to do it resentment free and feel great about yourself and feel wonderful about, hey, I'm doing this. I love my clients. I love the way I'm spending my time. I don't feel like I'm being taken advantage of. So that's what we do. Yeah, there was a speaker that we saw at Sears Business in January. I don't know if you guys are familiar. It's a beauty conference for business. Mm-hmm. And one of the speakers talked about allowing yourself to be pushed around, and eventually you will break. You, you're not just an endless pincushion that people can just keep stabbing. Or doormat. Or doormat right. that people get stepping on. Eventually, you just fight back. You know, you'll melt down or you'll break down with a client. Or if you have a team, you'll have that. I mean, I've heard... Great stories where people just like oh. literally in the middle of the salon, like that's it, and they're like <laughs> throwing things. And Tuss has had a couple moments there, but for the grace of God, yeah. go I right. Yeah, well, I think we had one moment with Tuss where she, I, I this did. client, I did have a literally moment. was just she had, was done with it, trying to make her happy. So she goes into the. Cash let me, let me just explain. Okay. Yeah. So the client was, you know, I had to take care of her because we dropped the ball. And so I'm fixing her lashes and I'm listening to her every concern. It's been like three hours with her. Then at the very end, she's almost finished. And then she starts to cry. I just, you know, I was just trying to do something special for myself. And I just couldn't hold it together just to get her outside the door. I said, you know what? I just went to the cash register. I took out like... $300 and I just said this is for she you. She took all the cash actually. Yeah, I she just took the whole thing of cash. cash. Yeah, I just said this Here. is for you. I'm sorry that we didn't meet your expectations. This is the best that I can do for you because I was just like please leave just and go. never come back. And this is oh not God. that's not a good way that's to run your That's not a good way. That's not a good way. I say this, you know, it's kind of like being a pushover. It was just like I just didn't know how else to do it otherwise I would have just lost it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just go. Go with my blessing. Please go and be blessed and Anyway, that was not one of my best moments. No, but, I um, remember going, that's how we go out of business. Yeah. We keep He's like, you did handing what? Over all the money over from our register <laughs> to anyone what? that's not happy, we won't be in business for very long because that's not the healthy boundary that you need to have. But you're not taught yeah, the healthy not. boundary oh, side. No. I mean, yeah. you, oh, go no. to, you go to aesthetic school or Cosmo school or you know, your lash trainings and you learn how to do the skill. You can provide an incredible service. Yeah. But you're working with people and people have agendas, they have attitudes, they have Mm. emotions, they have problems, and they're going to bring all of that with you into your treatment room. Mm -hmm. And you don't always know how to navigate it. You have to know how to sort it out. Mm -hmm. I think it's really wise. Another lifetime ago, I used to be a flight attendant. And I thought that the structure of it, what I went through in terms of like federal guidelines, you know, you, it gave you some kind of a confidence to build a system on. And I think that that's really like a unique voice that you guys bring to the table is with your training and your background, the way that you have probably been taught to deal with people and stand on your own can really be valuable to a lot of us in our industry because, you know, we were chatting chat before we actually started recording about, you know, the differences between men and women and how young girls are socialized differently. Like mm-hmm. with boys, you know, you just fight it out and you're fine, but girls can be a little bit more, I don't know. Caddy? Yeah, Caddy? vicious, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But it looks so nice on the outside. And so 
there's a difference with the way that people are kind of like socialized. So you're going to have those issues in the treatment room. People are going to come in and they're going to, like you said, have agendas. and Or be very passive in the, how they yeah. talk to you and you, you have to interpret what they're really saying and figure so it all out. I'm really intrigued about your voice and yeah. how you're adding to that. What are some of the unique ways that you've created your program to deal with those things, like having confidence and knowing who you are. Just a side note, because I don't think we said, um, Melissa also was a police officer, or you were in the academy. So it's not like, you know, you you have one police officer and you have someone who has no idea, like you have no connection. You were actually in the same program, so you were learning, being trained in the same ways, and you guys both bring that mindset to your coaching and to your working with our our beauty professionals. So I guess maybe you can share a little bit, what is that that you bring? What's that difference that you guys learn in the police academy and working that can help, you know, not last stylists, but all beauty professionals? Yeah, so one of the most important things we learn is command presence. Mm. And so command presence is pretty much when I show up, everybody knows that I'm the authority. I have all the answers, even if I don't, because <laughs> you'll be surprised how much I don't know out there and I'm just lost. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but we're the authority. You trust us, may not like us, but we get things done. Yeah. And um, so we just try to teach our estheticians, man, just confidence and mindset is key. It's about how you talk to people, how you look at people. Yeah. Do you look away from them? Do you look at them in their eye? Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of like whatever you do, do not be a victim. Yeah. Your mindset has to go. Yeah. You are the authority. You are the boss. And even if you don't know what the hell's going on, you do. Or the, at least they don't know you yeah. don't. Mm-hmm. And so that's what really. And when she went into the police academy, I remember she came home a few times and was like, I could really use this knowledge they just told me today when I had my spa. <laughs> I would sit in class and take wow. these notes and be like, oh, my gosh, I never would have thought that I even had permission to talk to people, yeah. you know, and let them know, hey, I'm in charge here. This is my business and I am in charge, you know, because so often, I mean, I don't know if y'all experienced this when, you know, when you were first starting or with employees that, you know, the esthetician or the lash artist will come up to the front and be like, hi, Jessica. Hey, Jessica. I'm Susie. Okay. Let's go on back, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then hopefully Jessica's a nice person, but if she's not, then she can say, ah, oh, Susie. I can push Susie around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know exactly what I can do. I'm going to get myself a discount today and I'm going to get myself a free lash bath. You know, because people are like that. But yeah. when you walk up, you're like, hey, Jessica, hey, I'm Susie. Nice to meet you. I'm going to be doing your service today. Let's head on back. I'll show you where to put your bag. Yeah. It's and completely different. Completely different. It's still yeah. warm. It's still welcoming. Yeah. But it's like, I'm, I'm in charge. charge. And one thing that I learned in the academy, you tell people what to do. You don't give them control. And obviously it's different when you're a police officer and it could potentially be a life or death situation, Mm -hmm. but it still applies. A client may come into your treatment room, throw her stuff all over the place, make a big mess. Then she's in your way. And then she talks forever and you go over and all this because you're like, oh, the client's always right. Mm -hmm. I'm here for the client. I've got to have good customer service. No, this is your house, your spa, your rules. So you can still be warm and welcoming, but you let her know, hey, welcome, come on in. Okay, you're going to put your stuff here. You're going to sit here. You're going to do this. All right, you know what? I'm loving the story so much, but we're going to have to pick it up next time because I actually have my next client waiting. Right. Yeah. And that's okay to do that because it shows that you respect yourself, you respect your business, you respect your time, her time, and your other client's time. You're not a jerk because you do that. I mean, no. you, when you go to a doctor's room or you go to other places, you're not sitting there going, I hope he's like hangs out with me right. and gives me a discount and talks to me real nice and cute. You're like, he walks in, he probably has only five seconds. He looks at you and goes, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. All right, good. Out and then move on. It's like, it's this business and yes. no one's upset by that. But some reason in the last room or beauty room, there's all this weirdness happens mm-hmm. in this like friendships. I guess there's no, like, there's no lines. Right. There's like, everything's blurred and no one understands where the boundaries should be. So I think this is obviously a really important thing. You- well, what's really comforting, but the dialogue that you just demonstrated for us is that you know what's going on and you're telling the client what the expectations are, which is super comforting for the client. Yes. Yeah. Because the minute they walk through the door, you're like, you put your things here. You, you motion gesture by the way that you stand up by the way that you move the conversation along so the client doesn't have to worry about is it okay if i'm late and i just just chit chat about how stressed i am she's going to just handle it it's like very comforting that you guide them and that's something really that's been missing with our training i think because it's like as girls sometimes we're not socialized to think of it like a business and we think Mm -hmm. of it like friends like oh 
I want to treat this person like a friend. So maybe I should even give her a discount. And I even got into that in the beginning was like, well, maybe she's really a friend and I really like her so much. I'm going to give her a discount. I was there too. Yeah. I think it's just the normal growth pattern, right? Yeah. Exactly. So what you're saying is super valuable. And can you share with us? Yeah. So first of all, we have a book called yeah. Boundaries and Aesthetics. I and have it right here in front of me. And yay. we actually just, we just had Melissa sign it. Yes. Yay. <laughs> so within the book, we cover five ways that you can set appropriate boundaries within your aesthetics practice. And I feel like when I wrote it, I had all these ideas. You know, I had just gotten out of the academy. Royal had just gotten injured. We were like, let's do this spa strong thing. I locked myself in our bedroom for like two days. Don't talk to me. Don't do anything. And I wrote this book in two days. And now I look back, I'm like, okay, I should have like sexed it up a little bit because it's very, it's like boundaries. You need them, you know, but at the same time you do, you know? And so within this book, we cover the five ways you can set boundaries, which includes your documentation and respecting your prices, quality over quantity, which is basically the concept of not selling yourself short or building up resentment because you're like, oh, I've got to be booked back to back to back to back. And I have all these clients that are mean to me and don't respect me, but at least my books are full, Mm -hmm. you know? So kind of shifting to a more quality mindset, boundary conversations. So being aware of how your conversations are going within the treatment room and your interactions with clients and then keeping your own rules. So if you have policies and you tell your clients, hey, I have this policy, You need to stand up for them to show that you're a professional. You're not just doing this for a hobby. This is real life. This is your livelihood. I want to go into a couple of things in your book because I thought it'd be great to just give people a little peek and then we'll put it in the show notes, you guys. You can get a link to it. It's also on your website, Spa mm-hmm. Strong, and you can get the book there. But, and just in case you do struggle with boundaries, I'm going to say right now, 99% of everyone probably listening struggles with boundaries. Unless you've been, now if you've been doing this, I think for testing, maybe after 15 years, you begin to develop some boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> but even with us, unless you're purposeful, you kind of fall back to that no boundary kind of mindset thing. You have to really train your mind, like you said, and think and be proactive and realize you are uh, more than worth it and you have the ability to do this. But one quick thing I wanted to just say before we get into that, that I noticed that if you really want that high-end clientele, they need to see that confidence in you. You're not going to get high-end clientele if you're a pushover. They won't come back because they're going to see you as weak and see you as not very strong or an authority. But that you they, don't own the information. You don't own yeah. yourself. They yeah. want the very best. And the very best never doubt themselves. When we went into, I remember we went to Dr. Lancer back in 2012 it was, Tustin got a chance to do lashes on his clients prior to the Oscars. And so we had to come up with this really crazy way of doing lashes where they only had one hour. So... Tusney usually likes two to three hours to do a new set. So the idea is we had a lefty and a righty. So we got one of our staff came in who was a lefty and Tusney was a righty and they would do one eye each. It was totally different. Well, can I explain a little bit yeah. about Dr. Lancer and his yeah. clientele? He has yeah, the A-list the, clientele. Everybody in LA yeah. that you see has walked the red carpet, you know, in music and the arts, they come, they go to him. And I had a contact there and she says, you know, come do the lashes. It'll, it'll be great. And this was, you know, this is a little bit early on. Yeah. And I was a little bit nervous about it. And, um, but we came with this whole idea where we were going to ask them all these questions, let them tell us what they want. And, no. and she was like, no, 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 no. The director of, you know, his director was like, oh no, with these clients, you do not ask them anything. You just do. You just oh are supposed to know yeah. what to do, and you do it. You, you know do not ask for them, them because you're, you're the, the expert. Do not ask them. And she's like, you know what you're doing. What's wrong with you? You know. <laughs> yeah, but it was tough. But really, that for us, I'm going to realize if we really want to continue to attract that high end clientele, we had to have boundaries. We had to be have a presence in the room. We had to be confident because otherwise. They just won't stay. They, they're used to everywhere else they go, to their fashion, to their clothing people, to wherever they go. They're the best. They, they pay top dollar. And when you get top dollar, you, you better have that. So I think. I mean, th- you have to have the chops, but yeah, at the same time, the confidence is what conveys that, is what sells it. So. Yeah, exactly. So let's get into it. There's a few things I thought. We won't cover everything in the book, obviously, <laughs> want people to buy it. But in the first section, you talk about the client packet, and there's all the forms. She goes through in kind of good detail, like these are the forms you need to have. 
have. And then there was one at the very end that caught my attention. And she says, this one's actually really important. And I think it's probably the one form that everyone overlooks. And it's called the treatment form. So maybe you could share us a little bit about what you're thinking with that. Yeah. So the treatment survey, this is actually a form that I learned about in my first job out of aesthetic school. I was working at a medical spa down in Houston. And basically after the initial consultation and then the initial service, anytime the client came in, they would fill out a form first thing. And the form would, first of all, ask for, you know, updated contact information, ask for new contraindications. So have you changed your medication? Mm -hmm. Are you using new products? Have you had sun exposure? All of that. And then it asks you to talk about if you've had adverse reactions. The middle section asks them to rate their experience. They Mm -hmm. have to rate what their experience is at the facility, what their experience is with their last treatment provider, how they're enjoying their results overall, and how they've been enjoying their treatment package overall. That's great. Fair, good, great, excellent. And then the bottom section asks for referrals. Would you recommend this to other... Uh, that's everything. You know, and, uh-huh. and we would get referrals all the time because, you know, you could ask verbally, but they see it. Every time they come in, they know we're going to be asking for referrals. Yeah. So the first few times they're like, I don't know anybody. But <laughs> then they realize the question never goes away. And yeah. let's be real, everybody knows somebody. somebody yeah. And then the referrals just start coming and coming. But the big thing with that is it requires accountability on your part, mm. especially if you're a solo esthetician where or solo yeah. lash or artist. you want to cut corners or you don't. Yeah, yeah, they're coming in every time. Hey, my last experience was... Good, but yeah. not excellent. Yeah. And you have to be willing to ask, okay, what was the situation? And sometimes people will say their experience was fair. And you're like, okay, what was, what was the problem? Well, I wanted this, but you told me I couldn't have it because my lashes aren't looking longer. I've been picking. Okay, so in that instance, you recognize they're upset because you followed the rules and you put their health and safety at the, you know, as a priority. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of navigate that. But a client may come in and say, Hey, I I didn't have as good of results. I did laser hair removal. So they're like, you know, I didn't, I felt like you missed some spots. Thank you so much for letting me know because then that helps you be a better treatment provider. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. You've got to know that. Yeah. And it helps keep your, like, when clients ghost, you usually don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now you know. Yeah. And now you know how you can prevent it, how to keep your clients. Mm-hmm. And also prevent those bad Yelp reviews, hopefully, that oh, yeah, pop up sure. because you're being preemptive. Yep. You're giving them a chance to voice their concerns or why they're not happy. And that's really key, I think, because if people don't think, and that's something we did well in our salon, our staff said, man, I never had any, I mean, we'd have staff say this. When I never had a came. complaint ever in my life. And then I came here and all of a sudden, everybody's once complaining. Well, everybody's complaining. And I'm like, that's because. The client here is encouraged to share their opinions on things. We, right. we call them. We engage them. We send them feedback forms through our, our provider, our Frederick. So Frederick was sent a, and it was a great way to find out right away if they weren't happy because if they're mad, they're usually really quick, like not happy. And so that way you can engage and find out what was going on. So I think this is really important. I think people don't realize that if you're not – if you don't ask, they may never tell you. Mm-hmm. They may just keep it quiet and just quietly, like you said, ghost you then. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You want feedback. Yeah. And it shows not only does it help you be a better treatment provider or business owner, but it also shows the client that you are actively engaged in their experience. Yeah. You care about whether or not they're seeing their results. Because so many times people may come in and be like, okay, how are you liking it? Oh, great. All right, let's go. And they don't dive into that. Not to say you need to hash it out and be like, tell me every single day, what happened? How many lashes did you lose on Tuesday? You know, but you want to let them know, Hey, I'm aware of you and I want to make sure that everything is going great. And if there's something I can do better, let me know because I want to do better by you. Yeah. It's about being on purpose with, yes, with what the feedback they're giving you. Um, I would always encourage our staff to say, listen, this is an opportunity for you to improve for you to hone your craft. And just like you're saying, it's, it's demonstrating not only are you vested in their outcome, but it's just looking for ways to do it better. And how else can you get that if you, and you, and if you don't ask? And then also to not feel badly about it. It's just like or they're still coming to you. Yeah. They're still coming to you. That means that they believe in it and believe in you and your, your process. But don't think that, don't take it in a bad way. This is just for your your benefit. It's I mean, like your training. Humility was always one of our highest, highest. if not our highest quality And I, when we look for staff because we want to be teachable. And I think we all have to remind ourselves, when you are taking feedback from people, you're being humble 
and you're willing to be a little self-reflective and see if there's value. Obviously, if they're off base, you can also have that boundary and go, okay, that's not true. Right. I didn't punch you. <laughs> but, but whatever it is, that is a, something I think we should aim to be for. And I think you have a saying that you love to say. You well, all the time, we, that we shared many times on this podcast. I'll, I'll share that in just a second. Yeah. But the first thing that we did, and I just, it's just to validate what you're doing with the treatment survey, is that we would always ask, when they first came in, we didn't have it in a, in a, for, a formal survey, which we probably no, should No, no, I think it's a great idea. But we would ask specifically, the first question is, how did your lashes wear? So how did they perform over the four weeks that you were gone? What was that cycle like? You know, so yeah. that you could find out, well, how did it go? What were, you know, did you rub? Did you pick? Did you, you know, all those kinds of things mm-hmm. to get that feedback first. Yeah, that's fine. And one other thing I was going to add in, and we you guys share that quote. So oh, that. okay, okay. The yeah. other thing was I saw this, one company did this, and I, I, I only learned this recently. So they actually, instead of putting a question like, how was your service and good, fair, bad, mm-hmm. or whatever, they actually had faces. So it was oh. like visual. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So happy face, average, you know, mm-hmm. angry face. You know, they went from the, went from the range. And so th- I thought that was pretty clever too because yeah. now some people, I don't know, if you want to make it fun, uh-huh. like, you know, a little bit, you can put a sad face or crying face instead of doing that. So that's another option I think you can do. You yeah. Can, you can get the feedback. Yeah. Okay, so the quote is, the this quote. is my We've favorite this quote times all the time. And then whenever you ask me to put him on the spot, my mind goes completely blank. Like, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> your most unhappy customers are your greatest source of learning. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's like it can turn. That's Bill Gates, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Bill Gates said that. <laughs> your most unhappy customers, and I, I liken this to anything that's unhappy in your life. The most unhappy situations, the most unhappy feeling that you ever have are your greatest sources for learning. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so oh, true. I thought that was all you. Yeah. Before you said it, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I just absorbed yeah. it. No, no, no. Bill Gates has to give him some credit. Yeah, I know. So the next thing you talk about is respecting your prices. What are some ways that when we talk about this, this is a big one because everyone has no idea what to charge. But you you came with one thing I thought that was smart because a lot of times people say, just charge more. Well, are you giving them the value to charge more? Are you busy? I mean, you talk about how people need to increase the value. Like you need to be thinking about it. It can't just be you in your closet doing lashes and saying, well, you deserve it. You should charge more. Like Because I have training. Because I have training. I got a certificate. Mm-hmm. No one cares about your certificate. What they care about is what you're actually doing in the room. Exactly. So Can what, you elaborate yeah, on maybe that? Maybe some yeah. ideas that people could do to increase the value. Yeah. So one thing is I'll talk to estheticians and say, okay, well, how did you pick that price? They're like, well, I know that there's a salon locally that they, they that's what <laughs> yeah. they charge. Okay, yeah. what kind of salon is it? Well, it's the nail salon down the street. And not trying to talk bad about nail salons, but unfortunately there's a reputation that they're not going to have the best service. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they have the same license that you have, but it's a different experience. So I was like, okay, so that's what they're charging. Where are you doing your services? Well, I'm, I'm leasing at solo salons. I have the biggest room. There's a beautiful window. I have Tempur-Pedic, you know, on my treatment table, yeah. blah, 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 blah. I'm like, the nail salon, they're getting next to the sink in the bathroom. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I say to them, why would you rate yourself yeah. as that same value? Yeah. You are offering so much more. I mean, not to mention you have a, probably a higher overhead yeah. as an individual and you're you know, le- leasing this space and you've got all your supplies and everything. So you need to look at your surroundings. And if you feel like you're charging appropriately for what your overhead is and where you're treating, okay, but you want to raise your prices still, all right, look at how you can increase the value. So one thing that I love that y'all said at the summit, you were like, how did you say it? You said, it wasn't about experiences, about, it was about memories. Oh, yeah. yeah creating creating memories. the memories. Creating memories. Yes. And you, y'all gave these great examples of how you went above and beyond for these clients and how you would listen to the client, hear what they were needing. Um, you know, the one she was saying, oh, I'm so hungry. I'm going to go to Jamba Juice after this. So you real quick texted Paul and you said, oh, go and get her Jamba Juice. So then when she came out, there's her Jamba Juice. Yeah. Okay, that's incredible. And that wasn't difficult on y'all's part, you yeah. know? Can't do it every time. But right. Just, but like you said, you create the memory. Like that will, she'll always remember that one moment. Yes. Absolutely. So if you sit there with each client and try to think, what can I do for this one person? Mm-hmm. How right can I make now. this special for mm-hmm. them this time? It doesn't have to be every time time. But yes, you're right. Absolutely. And another thing is being confident within that increases value because just like y'all were saying, these higher end clients, they want to know that they're in good hands. That makes them feel safe and they're willing to pay for safety. So I kind of think about, all right, when you go into, we'll say like 
JCPenney and go shopping there. They're like, hi, what are you looking for? Oh, I'm looking for this and this and this. Oh, okay, let me show you. So here's this, here's this, and here's this. There you go. If you go into, I used to say Neiman Marcus, but Neiman's going out of business. So um, (laughs) if you go into Nordstrom, we'll say, you're like, hey, I'm looking for this. And they're like, really? Because I think actually this over here would be better for you. And then they show you something that you never thought you were ever going to want in a million years, but you feel like a million bucks in it. And then you walk (laughs) out and you spent way more money, but you're so excited because they made you feel so wonderful about yourself. They told you what you wanted before you knew you wanted it. And it's just a completely different customer service experience. Completely. Right. That's so true. I remember when I got a suit, we went with Macy's, but the guy over there is like old school guy. He's been there forever. Been there for eternity. Like, yeah. He's like, <laughs> I've probably been old as this little old Macy's, but I loved it because I felt like he knew his stuff. Like he said, no, 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 that's not a good suit no, for no, you. No, 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 uh, no. You need this one. You yeah. need this mm-hmm. one. And we were just like, what else? What, what else? else do yeah. we need? Yeah. You, you love it when you see someone who knows what they're doing yeah. and you just say, you know what? I can just sit back and stop thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if you leave it up to the client, the client doesn't have the education and the yeah. training that you have. The client doesn't know the difference between mega volume and Russian volume and, you know, and all of this kind yeah. of stuff. And so if you're like, okay, so what would you like today? I don't know. You should, you're supposed to know what I would like today. Yeah. And then that makes them lose confidence in you. And so part of creating value is being the expert. Yeah. Being the expert. Yeah. I think so. Once you get that type of expertise, it takes time and confidence Mm -hmm. and experience. But once you get there and it's not like it's going to take 18 years. Right. You know, most people don't have time to study beauty, like skincare, lashes that they don't have time. They're literally building businesses. They're working their butts off. They want to come to you and let you have said, you've right. been doing this for at least a few years. Can you just tell me so I don't have to think about it more? I yeah. think that's a great idea. And I will say one thing that so many estheticians and lash artists that we talk to, even if they've been in the industry for a while, they're like, well, I, I don't feel like I know enough. I need to take more trainings. You'll never know enough. Though. You're never going to yeah. know enough. You're You've got to just go for it. So they invest in it. Well, I've taken 13 different lash trainings. Okay, so why are your prices still, still yeah. where they are? Well, I just don't feel like I know enough yet. How do you not know yeah. enough? Professional student. Exactly. Yeah, professional student. Exactly. exactly. Get the education, practice. I would tell them if when you can get your lashes done in the right amount of time where they look good, there's no stickies, it's safe for the client, then then you're good. Start offering it. Yeah. Practice, work on people, and then you know your prices will go up as you improve and all of that. But don't hold yourself back until it's perfect. It's not going to be perfect. It'll never be perfect. And no. even when it's not perfect, you still know more than the client does. Yep. You do, so go for it. I, even the same thing as we are moving into coaching. I know you guys with coaching, and I know a lot of people are now because of COVID, like, oh, I got to find ways to do online businesses and stuff like that. So the world's changing. And some people are like, well, I haven't been in business for you know, 10, 15 years. I'm like, truth is, if you've been around doing this for six months longer than someone else, you have six more months of experience to share with someone else. Mm-hmm. So while, yes, I think you should pay your dues and have some experience, the idea that you have to be perfect and have all the answers is ridiculous. And I, we hold ourselves. We struggle with that all the time. Like, crying out loud, we've been in the beauty industry for, for 15 years. Tustin's been in it for 27 years. We know a thing or two, but we even sometimes doubt ourselves. We have to remind ourselves, stop. We know more than a lot of people, and yeah. we can help those people. There are some others who know more than us. We can't help them. But the ones who are behind us, we can turn back and give to them, and they will do the same to others. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay. You don't have to be perfect or have it all exactly. worked out. Exactly. It's like, have y'all seen the movie um, Catch Me If You Can? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. so Frank Abagnale Jr., mm-hmm. um, one of the cons that he did, he worked at a university. Yeah. And people were like, they totally believed. They believed that he was this university professor. He knew everything. So they asked him, how did you pull that off? He was like, I just made sure I was a chapter ahead. Yeah. That's all he did. He was just a chapter ahead. Yeah. And he was able to pull it off that he was this, you know, highly educated university professor, right? Yeah. So that should give you an idea. You don't have to have everything memorized. You don't have to know all of it. You got to be a chapter ahead, which you are because you've been licensed, you've been trained, you yeah. understand your sanitation, all of that. So believe in that. And then you can continue in your spare time. You know, every week you should dedicate time to your um, research and yeah. practicing your skills and all of that. Yeah, keep learning. But keep learning, read of course. Read this book. Yeah, read this yeah. book, take more classes, go to LashCon, you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. But don't hold yourself back anymore, y'all. Go for it. Jump in. Yeah, I think it's sometimes it really is just doing before you feel it. And just, to, I forget what it was. I was sharing with Tess a story it was about a guy he basically was going to go, he was all with this guy. This one guy, he says he's kind of a little more timid, but his friend's like totally bold. And it's a pretty well known. I think he was a public, he's a public speaker 
I can't remember who, but anyhow, all of what happens is they're going out and they walk by a film set and they're shooting a film. He goes, hey, let's go in and see who's um, shooting. He goes, can you do that? He goes, yeah. He goes up, grabs an extension cord, puts it over his shoulder, says, follow me. And he just walks onto the set and starts sitting around and just, he's playing the part. As long as you yeah. look like you belong there, guess what? No one's going to think otherwise. And he says, <laughs> this guy just, he does whatever he wants. Oh, I know. It's Donald Miller. I just remember mm, Donald Miller shared yes. this story. So Donald Miller, if you're not familiar with him, he does a great, a market, he's a great marketing guy. Called Story um, Brand. Story Brand. So highly oh, okay. recommend you guys look into it. As well as our listeners. Oh, I've read that book. Yeah, Story, story Brand. brand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And marketing made simple or made easy. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Marketing real, made simple. Yeah, it's a great stuff. But anyhow, yeah, it was just about confidence. You just yep. play the part. And you, with your clients, if they don't know any difference, Maybe if you, like you said with the police officer, like you walk on, you demand presence, you just say, "This is I'm, I got this thing under control." Even if you're like, "I gotta figure this one out in my mind," right? Yeah, you know how many times I've been in that situation. Like, what do I do here? Yeah, <laughs> my partners will be here in about five minutes. I'll just stall. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> just stall. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a when you're talking about Frank Avignale, I was thinking about. I don't know if you guys ever watched Sneaky Pete. Yeah, oh. sneaky. Oh, the first two seasons, it's been, he's kind of a con artist, a con uh-huh. artist with though. a heart of gold, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. But watching him go through, it's just like catch me if you can, and and you guys, you could probably get some tips from it in terms of like you know, not like we're going to con people. Third season's right. real good. It got canceled, but first but two seasons it's good. really kind of a work of art to see somebody think on their feet. Like you know, what mm-hmm. do I do now? What do I do now? And so that's a, that's a fun one to watch. Yeah. So oh God, let's go to the next section where you talk about quality over quantity. And I thought this was interesting, again, because you talk about making that shift, a mindset shift on what does that mean? And because really, most of you are just saying, you just want to get as many people as possible. I want to be busy. You just want to be booked. But, but you talk about there's two different types of clients. There's quality clients and there's the quantity client. And those two are not the same. And maybe when you're beginning, that's you kind of skew one way. But as you get busy and as your confidence and your skills grow, you really should be skewing the other way. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can break that down a little bit. Yeah. So the difference between a quality client and a quantity client. A quantity client is like the client who's always late. Um, she complains about everything. She never buys your home care. Instead, she's like, what do you think I should use? And then she goes and buys something on Amazon or at Sephora after. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. Or she books your lowest ticket offer. And she's always just kind of negative, not happy. Okay. We deal with those clients. Well, I got to where I didn't anymore, but you know, when you're you're growing your business. You start your out with that. Yeah, exactly. You tolerate it. You're anything. Exactly. They're the ones who ask for exceptions. We were having a conversation earlier today and I was telling, I had a client in the beginning because when I first opened my studio, I was also teaching at two schools and had my studio. So my schedule was a little crazy. I had this one client. Her schedule was crazy. The only time we could line up to do her peels was at 11.30 p.m. on Friday nights. Oh, my gosh. And I, I did it. I yeah. did it. I'm like, what am I doing? And <laughs> and I had my prices so low. Got to eat. And I was yeah. just like, I know, that was my thing. I'm like, how am I going to yeah. eat today? But then there's quality clients. Quality clients are the ones who respect you as their expert. They ask for your advice and then they follow through with what you recommend. Oh, you think I should use this retinol? Okay, I'll take two. You know, maybe not two, but like they're so yeah. on board, right? Mm-hmm. And then they send their friends and family. They willingly leave you a five-star review. Again, they respect your advice. And so if you recommend an add-on, they're down to do it. And then they rave about the results. They recognize the results. They show their gratitude to you and they respect your policies, they respect your prices, they respect your timing. They're not like, oh, well, if you could do 6.30, that means you could do seven, right? <laughs> no, I told you my last one is yeah. 6.30. Mm-hmm. So there was this mentality, which I think a lot of people have. We, we'll talk to estheticians and we'll say, okay, ideally, how many hours do you want to work? Oh, 40 to 60. I'm oh like, my gosh, 60? Really? I'm like, oh, really? That's what you want? Are you <laughs> sure? That's I, what you want? I was there. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you, no. it's not sustainable, no. but it's that quantity mentality. I want to work 40 to 60 hours a week. I want to be booked out for six weeks. You know, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, That'll make you feel special for like 30 seconds. Yeah, the money will get old. It will get old. And so for me, I learned, okay, if I want to have balance in my life, if I want to not have resentment with my clients and my business, I can't work more than 25 hours. You know, so you're still working other things too. It's not like you're just do clients and you go home, nothing else gets done. There's still other things you got to do in your life. You got to spend time with your family. You got, I mean, I was teaching part time and you know, all of this. And so I was like, okay, if I only want to spend 25 hours in my studio, I don't have employees. So what do I have to do? 
I need to raise my prices to where yeah. they should have been in the first place. I need to up my retail. Mm-hmm. I need to, you know, do other things so that I can have a sustainable business. Yeah. And I, I broke up with clients that did not speak my language. And by the end, like the last year, I only had clients that I absolutely loved yeah. that were wonderful. You know, I mean, just, I, I had the best time. I had yeah. the best time, but it was because I changed that mentality quality over quantity. Yeah, I think that's great. I think a lot of times, I mean, again, when you're first starting out, you just work whatever You're hours. hungry and you're you're learning what you like and what you don't like, what you can yep. tolerate and what yeah. you won't exactly. after a while. You've got to have a timeline in your head. Like, okay, in six months, I'm going to stop working Saturdays. Mm-hmm. A year, I'm not going to work, only work one or two nights, whatever it is. You set those goals so you right. can aim at it. If you don't do anything, you'll just let the clients run your life forever. Yep. And then two or three years, you'll hate your job and quit. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's, you know, burnout will happen, right? Because exactly. you don't have any boundary. Or even sooner. Or even, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe even sooner. I hit a wall, you know, maybe a year into my business and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I found a journal entry. Um, oh, we're at yeah. my parents' house. <laughs> I found one of my old journals and a journal entry where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I think I should throw in the towel. I'll make more money if I just break my lease and go and just keep teaching because mm. this whole aesthetics thing, is just too hard, blah, blah, blah. Thank God that I, instead of quitting, I just reevaluated the situation yeah. and changed some things. But I hadn't been working that long when yeah. I wrote that journal and that entry. that finally hit you. Mm-hmm. For you, was it the biggest thing? I know for us, really just raising the prices. I mean, your demand has to be there. Like Tuscany mm-hmm. was fully booked out. But we found when we did our last big purge, probably was about three years ago, three, four years ago, and there were a bunch of clients. The ones you know are going to go are the one you raise the price. And they're always the most difficult. So mm-hmm. for us, it was just, okay, time to raise prices. And we did. Amazingly, the ones that were difficult, didn't like it, of course. And then they left. It was a lot. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, if she has like 60 clients, maybe five of them were difficult. But mm-hmm. it was so nice. They self-select. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm booked out. Okay, raise prices. Oh, well, all the bad ones left. Yep. How cool is that? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really simple. And there's a section in the book that talks about ending client relationships. Okay. And, you know, if yeah, there's right. yeah. this kind of thing that happens, you could present it in this way and so on and so forth. But no, you hit the nail on the head. Sometimes all you got to do is raise your prices to where they should be, yeah. you know, to you know, reflect the value that you provide. And some people will just show themselves to the door. And I also found we did this too. When we started enforcing our policies, amazingly, the ones that abused them mm-hmm. would go away too. Yep. <laughs> it's like, wait, wait, I don't forever can't just cancel last second. No, no, we, we, that's that we stopped. Those days are done. Yeah. Yep. And I think that was about six, seven years ago is when we finally did that. If you want us to do your services, you, these are our rules. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just um, basic human rules. Yes. <laughs> like I canceled in the point. I was supposed to get my wisdom teeth out like a year ago. I got them out now. But a year ago, and I was, I punked out. And so, like, the <laughs> yeah. day before, I was like, hey, you guys, I'm going to cancel my appointment tomorrow. He's like, oh, no worries, man. It's all good. No worries. A month later, I got a bill for $150. <laughs> for cancellation <laughs> fee. Cancellation hey. fee. And I paid it. No, yeah. mad, Not mad about it. Hey. You cancel that yeah, second. Yeah, that's yeah. what happens. Exactly. And it's that understanding that you're dealing with a business. A professional. They're professionals. Yeah. Exactly. You broke their rules, and so there are consequences. But he still went back to that same yeah, oral yeah. surgeon yeah. you know, later when he was less scared. Yeah. Um, but there's this idea of, oh, if I enforce my policies, then they're going to get mad, and they're not going to come back, and that makes me mean, and I'm trying to be their friend. Are you trying to be their friend, or yeah. are you trying to be their treatment provider? Exactly. You know? Yes. I mean, it's different. Yes. I would tell our listeners and students and staff, don't take the bait when somebody changes the subject or says, you know, um, my lashes didn't last that well, but you know, it could have been me. You know, let's don't ever take that bait. Just get to the problem first because they're Mm -hmm. coming to you for the services, not the friendship. They're not paying for you for that. Mm -mm. And super important. We're kind of bleeding off into the next section, which I wanted to talk about because in your book, you talk about keeping the rules. And we're kind of talking about that right now. Mm -hmm. The letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. Within your business, you have to have different policies. Some of them are crucial. Like if there's a health or safety reason behind a policy, that's Mm non-negotiable. So the difference between spirit of the law, letter of the law. So spirit of the law is um, how I'm feeling pretty much. Like, for example, I pull somebody over. I don't have to give you a ticket. Okay. It's, you know, it's, really? That's good to know. Yeah, I, yeah. No, if you get one, if you get one, it's because they want it to yeah, give no. you. Just for future reference, everybody. Well, there's probably reasons. Yeah, there's a few. I'm sure. Like, if you're going 120, I'm giving you a ticket to your car and take you to jail. Mm-hmm. I yeah. have 
I can't turn away from that one. Yeah. So when I tell my sergeant, if I didn't do it, I'm getting written up. So that's the yeah. letter of the law. Like I have to. Yeah. Because you're committing like a felony at that point. Yeah. And so it's just um just different takes on things. Like some things you could just let slide and some things you just can't. Mm-hmm. It's kind of pretty much like insults. Some insults I'm sure I could let slide. Some I can't. Yeah. And it's just spirit or letter, just how you yeah. feel. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. this idea, you know, again, your policies, some of them are non-negotiable. And in that case, hey, letter of the law. If I said that we're going to have to reschedule if you do this, guess what? We're rescheduling today. Then there are some that are more just in place to help with the order of things or keep your space less chaotic or whatever. So let's say, for example, a client, it's their first time ever having to cancel last minute. That's kind of a spirit of the law thing. You can decide if you're going to follow through with that cancellation fee or if you let them know, hey, you know what? You've been such a good client for so long, so I'm going to go ahead and let this one slide. I am going to make a note of it in your file so that if it happens next time, I'm going to have to charge the fee. But -hmm. you've been so wonderful, and so don't worry about it this time. But see, so you're doing them a favor, but you're also letting them know, hey, but I do mean business and I'm literally going to document this. Yeah, that's the boundary. Exactly. Yeah. That is the boundary. So you can still hold your boundaries. And it's something that I think is so hard. Uh, this is one of the biggest things we get DMs about. My policies. Well, this happened and this happened. And it's cute. Like They'll send this DM with this long story. Like, my situation is so unique. No, your situation isn't yeah, unique. You have a client who doesn't respect you. <laughs> yes. You have a client who doesn't respect you. Yeah. So let's talk about what you're going to do about that. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't matter really what the story is. You know, unless there's a literal emergency, the client is just being blatantly disrespectful. And you're running a business. This isn't a hobby. You should be treated as a professional. And if you don't stand up for this, you're letting them know, hey, you can push all my buttons. This boundary is okay to push. You can push more. You mm-hmm. can push more. That's right. It's an invitation to exactly. t- topple the whole line of dominoes over. I just want to say, you're killing it, man. I ain't got to say nothing, really. Oh, yes. I can just take this off, mic drop, and walk out. I'm yeah. doing good, man. It's like, where's Ray go? He's at the bar. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I wrote the book, and so I no. get excited yeah. about it. Yeah. I'm proud of you. <laughs> no, it's great. And this is, I think, really... One of the biggest issues in our industry when it comes to new people, when they're just getting out of the school, like you said, they don't teach us stuff. I noticed that we did a thing called a disc profile when we interviewed people. And disc profile is just a personality profile. It kind of just shows some things about how people function and work. And we noticed that probably by far, uh, each one has a different emphasis. Like I, I'm an I, which generally means you're the cheerleader. You're the one that gets all excited and gets everyone all worked up. D is kind of like the type A personality, the leaders of the company, the ones who basically want to take over the world. S's, which I found out most SDs that we interviewed were S's. And S's want everyone to get along. Mm-hmm. They're very supportive. People pleasers. I, they're people pleasers. Mm-hmm. They're S's I always like support. This means support. It doesn't mean that, but that's what I interpret mm-hmm. as support. They're supportive. They're just nice. They're kind. They want to be your friend. They always want everyone to win. And then they don't realize, though, that that, well, there's definitely nice things about that. Clients will completely see that and jump on it. Some clients, I should say all, but some clients will see that jump all over you and you really need to learn. So I think this book is definitely something people should look into, get, read. And then obviously you guys also do coaching too now, right? Yeah. So yes. you guys are helping people build that confidence, become spa mm-hmm. strong, so to speak, yeah. and really learn to do things um, differently so you don't get walked over and you can, you know, the nice thing, I think once your confidence is up, you can raise your prices and you can start finally making money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you guys do other stuff too, right? Right? Aside from this, you were saying maybe some of the other things you guys help businesses or do you do individuals or businesses? Both. Or yeah, we do okay. both. We okay. do both. both. And then we, I mean, every client is different. And so we sit down with you. We figure out what your needs are. If you're struggling with the visibility, the marketing, that's fine. I got you. Yeah. You know, our royal... You know? I'm just as good as it as you now. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. right. Okay, that's that's right. <laughs> Maybe you didn't have the spa, but you know now. Yeah. But one of the main things that you're going to get with us is you're going to work on your confidence. You're going to work on your boundaries. All of those things are very, very important. So regardless of what else you're needing help with, yeah. listen, we're going to help you be spa strong. Oh, cool. Period. Now, is it a program or there's like a, a, a group program? Is it all individual? Or or- if somebody's feeling like I want to invest in myself and Mm -hmm. and I'd like to invest in your training, what kind of options do they have? Yeah. So we do one-on-one coaching. Royal is not a fan of group coaching calls. Not at all. Which, I mean, I'm not really either. And I think everybody, even though 
they're struggling with a lot of the same things. We all have our individual businesses and you know different struggles. So it's one-on-one. We usually do a 90-day program. That's about the shortest time we like to do. We'll do longer if need be. But Depending on the situation. Exactly. Yeah. If you're looking for a coach to help you with these things, then you're welcome to send us an email or a DM and we'll, you know, we'll talk to you about what you're needing. And if we're a good fit, we'll talk to you more about our program. Cool. There you go. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for that. I think followers, I mean, one of the things I think people don't realize, and we haven't really pushed too hard. I mean, we've had Tara Walsh on. She does coaching for Last Professionals. But I really think it doesn't matter if you feel like you got all made. You, you should at some point hire a coach. You just have to. There are blind spots that you're not aware of. Yeah. I mean, and I'm speaking from experience. Yeah. Like you think that we got it all covered. And then all of a sudden, there's a huge glaring thing that I didn't see. And having the benefit of, of you guys come alongside of people is just to show them, hey, there's there might be easier ways of doing things. I mean, we had coaching for six years of our salon that we had for 13, the last six we had a coaching. And that was just a huge difference for us. And I really just think the biggest thing is accountability. Just having someone there saying, did you do it? Did you do it? Because I'm going to ask, when, I'm going to check. Because when I, you're on your own, it's so easy. Just let one day slide, next day come by. And before you know it, a year, two years, three years, you're like, I was going to make all these changes and I was going to really up my game. I was really going to do all this, but I can't, can't, I just rather go home and watch Netflix and whatever. And you just don't realize that you need that little person just in your ear going, hey, did you do that change? Did you make that big improvement? And then all of a sudden you're going to find yourself with just a little bit of effort and a little bit of accountability, you could be mountains ahead of where you used to be. So I think having you guys come on and do that is great. And uh, hopefully a few people will give you guys a call from this. Like All that stuff will be in the show notes, guys, so you'll be able to find it. Uh, we're really fortunate to have them join us. We had more stuff to talk about, but I think we should right now, we're pushing on the, get up to the hour mark. So we'll call that. And maybe at some point we'll have you guys back. Or you guys can just jump over to our episode where we're with on theirs. I don't know if we're going to have the, we'll try to release these maybe about the same time. Yeah, yeah that would be great. Cross promote. Them. Yeah, and you guys can get two hours of us or whatever. I don't Yay. know how long, but you guys are an hour long. But we tend to be a little long winded. So, um, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you coming on to the show. Thanks, you, Melissa thank you. and Royal, and they made uh, boundaries and aesthetics. Where, where can our listeners find oh, that's you? Right. Yeah. So first, you can find us on Instagram. Oh, for the book. Mm-hmm. Oh, so for the book. Yeah. Also, you can find us on Instagram, spa underscore strong, mm-hmm. and um, it's the link in bio, boundaries and aesthetics, or our website spa-strong.com all right good so go there right now check it out guys otherwise we will see you guys i'm sure hopefully very soon yeah all right all right That wraps up the show. Thank you so much for tuning in i want to ask you to please follow us on instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Human, Tustany, and our special guests, Melissa and Royal, I want to thank you so much for taking time to listen. Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. Lash Cast.